Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast by the Red Men TV. The Champions League final awaits. We're going to get stuck into that. Uh, to see if we can fight off our, uh, our our nerves and anxiety for for an hour or so. Um, our kickoff question for myself and my co-host, Mr. Chris Pager, comes from Jack Cole. This, can I just say, it's is a belter. A, this is a belter of a question. We're going hard, Chris. Straight up, normally we throw a bit of fluffing at the start here to, to ease us in. No, we've got a Champions League final to get about. Here's the question. If you could, would you swap prime Stevie G for Salah for the final. Oh my days, are you for real? Okay, I've got to ask the question. I've got to, I've got to ask some questions about this question okay. first and foremost. Am I just dropping Stevie G into this side for this one game, or has Stevie G played all season long for us? Because you know. I need to know that he, he understands the movements of this Liverpool side. You know what I mean? I can't just drop him in for one game. I need to say, look, this in this alternate universe, there's two seasons that have happened. Right. We've both got to the Champions League final, one with Stevie G in the side, so he knows all those players, and one with Mo Salah in the side. Riddle me this. Okay, well, I can reread the question. <laughs> and it says, for the final. So let's just, presume, let's just let's treat this as a one-off game in isolation. We're playing Real Madrid in the Champions League final. Imagine that. Um, and you just get to choose either Salah or Prime Stevie G for your team for the final. Okay, well, my blink reaction, my first instinct was to go with Mo Salah yeah, on this one. I, I, I agree, mine, mine too. But, but, <laughs> Steven Gerrard in his prime. And Steven Gerrard in his prime didn't get to play play with players like Sadio Mane no. and Roberto Firmino and no. all the other great players that we've got. I mean, I named them. Um, yeah. It's such a hard question because he's been there and he's done it and he's won it, literally, whereas Mo Salah hasn't. He, yeah, my my immediate reaction is the, is the, is the thing. I Steven Gerrard is is tremendous, was tremendous and all, will always be tremendous. An absolute legend of the game and of the football club. And look, he had his role. I've just rewatched Istanbul, just done our commentary for it on the website, uh, which I recommend watching and the final word for it as well. Plug, plug, plug. He changed that game. We pushed him further up in the second half and he got to play more of his game, more of it used his attacking attributes. And he was a phenomenal header, as we know. But Mohamed Salah has literally scored all the goals this season. If you took 43, you know, I mean, you're not taking 43 goals on the day out of the game. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's how many they'll score. A lot of minutes in this game. Um, I couldn't take Salah out of this team. He's just he's just too good. Now, this is one of those situations where, and we're going to come on to talk about the the media uh, in Spain and how they're covering this in the Real Madrid reaction to it a bit later on in the podcast. But this is one of those where I won't. In the fullness of time, when we look back on this final, we might feel as though we really needed an absolute world class centre midfielder to get us over the line in this. But there is no way that you're taking Mohamed Salah. Out of this, out of this team, this team is absolutely, absolutely hinges on Mo Salah. So for me, as much as I love Stevie, and I, I would love to have a Steven Gerrard type player in this game because he would, he would get in ahead of Milner or Wijnaldum without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you're weakening the thing that we do best to take Mohamed Salah out. Okay, my final answer then. It shouldn't be this hard, but. You've just compared him to one of my favourite Liverpool players of all time, Genie Wijnaldum. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Mo Salah. I think I agree with you. I think you take Mo Salah out of this side, and we're not the same team for a better centre midfielder or not. We're just not as likely to score goals, and therefore it's Mo Salah. But it pains me to say it. Yeah, as well. let us know in the cut. That is an 
and thank you very much, Jack Cole, who got onto onto that uh, via our Facebook group. Um, absolutely brilliant, mate. Yeah. Um, so quick rundown of the topics. We're going to be going on to talk about Real Madrid and the and the supreme confidence uh, emanating out of the Spanish capital a little bit later on. We're going to be talking a little bit in a moment about the media day and the build-up and the, the player interviews and their reactions to it and what have you, but first, some news in brief. Uh, Daniel Sturridge insists there is no rift between himself, Klopp, and uh, Michael Edwards. It was reported, Chris, that uh, he fell out because he... he he wasn't getting a Champions League final ticket or something like that. Look, Daniel, there's a lot of those requests going around, mate, I'm just saying. Um, I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad he's come out on Twitter and he's basically said, no, look, I've, w- I've spoken to the manager, I've spoken to Edwards, I've wished them all the best for the final. This is one of those things where I mean, the timing of this could have been horrendous, to be fair. I just don't think Liverpool need stories of disharmony coming out. So whether it's true or not, I'm glad Daniel Sturridge has decided to cut the legs off this by coming out and shutting it down. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, you're exactly right. Klopp has built this Liverpool squad and this Liverpool team on Team Harmony. Um, it's the basis for everything that we've done so far under his tenure. And um, you wouldn't want the focus to be shifted to Daniel Sturridge. And equally, I don't think Daniel Sturridge would want the focus on him either. He's not yeah. that type of a player. He's not that type of a person. So I think you're right. What he's done is, as you say, he's cut the legs off it. It's a, it's now a non-story. Uh, people can forget about it. He's happy. I love the fact that he said my teammates as well yeah. in that tweet. I thought that was really important, yeah. that he still sees himself as a part of this squad because ultimately he scored goals in the Champions League for us. Yeah. You know, we might... All right. You never, you never know, do you? But ultimately, he has scored goals. He's affected that. He's affected this campaign. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He'll he'll be deserving of a Champions League winners' medal if we get one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we know now, we spoke about this yesterday, and we saw it with our own eyes. Emery Chan back in training can't be anything but a good thing. He looked sharp mm-hmm. as well, didn't he? Like his touch looked good. It's completely different, of course, when you're going into a game of football. But he look he looked. Um, just dead calm as did the rest of the squad I think it's a really really massive thing for Liverpool I think you know you can compare the two sides Liverpool and Real Madrid and for me they're in, in much in it yeah. player by player to be perfectly honest with you but the bench is where we kind of fall down and you start to think to yourself right it's going to be I think it's going to be a high scoring game um, what happens if it goes to extra time are we going to have the legs we've seen Liverpool tying in games already this season you know where will we be able to keep that intensity up that we play within the Champions League for 90 minutes plus another maybe half an hour then you're starting to think right I'm so happy that Emre Chan's back into the fold and I love the fact that it's not a story for Klopp. Yeah. He's just one of his players. He's a bloody good player. He's done a job getting us there. And as such, he's in contention because he's one of the next best players in this squad. I, end of. I think the people who complain about us shifting to three at the back to shut games out, I think if Emre Chan's fit and available for this game and I think we, if we need to do that in the final... I think we bring Emery Chan on instead. I don't think we bring Ragnar Klavan on in this game. I think what what it allows us to do is to maintain what we do well, which is obviously to keep the the the, the shape and the front three as intact as possible. And it also allows us to put a bit more steel in the team. We saw this two years ago when he came back from you know he, he came back from injury for Villarreal and he absolutely donned it yeah, donned it in DM super. for us. This is one of those games where look he's not going to start this game. I would be shocked to see him start this. So it's likely to be Henderson, Milner, and Genie Wijnaldum. You know, are you going to get ninety plus minutes out of James Milner? You know, I think he, I think he would go it, but I think they'll reach a point where, regardless of how the game's going, you're going to need to bring fresh legs on that. That we've rotated that midfield so heavily this season, so they, those three guys have had to bear a lot of burden in the last few weeks. I think. You know, you want it. You want whether you're chasing a goal or whether you're looking to put more steel into your team to see it out. Emery Chan to come into that is a fantastic option for Liverpool. Yeah, after he scored goals this season as well, hasn't he? You know, he's a he's a big unit as well. He can score headers. Uh, he drives with the ball. He's a little bit different to the other midfielders when he's playing in that eight role as opposed to the yeah. six. In that he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, it, it feels like. It feels like if he was fit and he'd been playing the last few weeks, I'd probably have him in the side anyway. Yeah. Um, probably over maybe a Genie Wijnaldum. Maybe that's a little bit harsh and stuff, but I think Chan's been playing at a hell of a level this season and would deserve to start if he'd been fit the last and few I, weeks. I also think there's a little bit to which, you know, he's missed out on the German squad. 
I think he'd relish a goal up against Tony Cruz. Yeah. I think he, if, he, if you're saying right, let's go and win that midfield battle, mate. I think he'd be bang for that. Well, whether he wins it is, you know, is, is he up, steps is up, up in big yeah. games yeah. as well. Emery Chan does, and he's a big game, big game player. I think we know that from him, and you know, it's one of them. The, the bigger the stage, the bigger p- the performance from Emery. Yeah, completely agree. Um, another bit of just tangential Liverpool news, really. Uh, John Henderson's missed out on the captain's armband for England. Harry Kane's been given it. This is a Bonkers decision for me. Like Harry Kane is not even the Tottenham captain. This is one of the things I thought Gareth Southgate was getting away from. This I was really starting to turn on him to to to, to the positive, and I'm not gutted because I I kind of don't care. I want as little spotlight on Liverpool players as possible. If I'm honest, if they draw the spotlight on them, it should be through their positive performances. Um, but this is just this is just England through and through for me. It's like they've gone around and gone, who's our talisman? Who's our biggest name player? Let's slap the armband on him. Harry Kane can't even talk, Chris, mm. let alone captain a team. No, I think his tongue's too big for his mouth, if I'm honest with yeah. you. Um, he struggles massively. Yeah. On, um, he's good with his feet. Like, don't get me wrong, he's got some really good attributes. That right foot's really good. But He's a good footballer. His, his tongue's probably the worst in Where the do you stand on strikers being captains? Not really a massive fan. Yeah. Not really a massive fan. Unless you've been there and you've done it. And yes, he's won the Golden Boot three times on the bounce before this season. I think it's three anyway. Um, before this season, but you've not won anything. You've not. You, you've literally not won a fucking trophy. You've not captained the side to a trophy yeah. ever. You know what I mean? A prof- at a professional level. Um, equally, you know, Jordan hasn't done that yet. Did you realise that as you were saying out loud, quite vociferously? No, no, because <laughs> it's the strikers thing. I think it's a okay, little. Good. That's that's one of the reasons that, like, you know. Great strikers over the years who, be, who become captains. Alan Shearer won the Premier League. You know yeah. what I mean? So him to go and be a captain for a team, I think's fine. Yeah. Whereas I'd, I'd prefer it to be a centre midfielder or a defender, yeah. a centre-back preferably, actually. Yeah. Um, I think, look, I'm, I'm not really asked about whether England want to have him as captain or not. He's my captain. He's Liverpool's captain. That's all I really give a shit about. But when you think of how he'd feel, I think that would that would be a blow to him. Yeah. And I feel gutted for him because, again, why couldn't it just have been announced in a few days yeah. well, after the Champions League final. Why are you putting that burden on him yeah. going into the Champions League final? So from a Liverpool perspective, I'm like, the timing of this shite. Yeah, I mean, the good thing the good thing is, as Henderson said himself in the, the interview did this week, is the disappointment spurring him on. And he's again, like, like, like almost like the, the Chan Cruz thing to some extent. Jordan Henderson will go into that going, great, OK, well, cool, he doesn't think I'm good enough to be captain. Let's see what happens when I rock up into into the England cap with me Champions League winners medal round my neck. That's on him. You know that's that's Jordan Henderson has the ability to smack it back in Gareth Southgate's face in the best possible way. He doesn't even need to say anything. Just go out, do it. Be pictured worldwide lifting that massive, big silver, big-eared bastard, and then and then you know and then walk into the England training camp. In just his medal, just nothing but a medal. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that's a fantastic opportunity. And Jordan, if you if you're watching slash listening, I hope you do that. Second uh, nudes. nudes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So as mentioned earlier, yeah, we, we were genuinely privileged to be invited to the to the media day. It was a very very late call. I, you know, it, I think we people forgot we existed, but never mind. It, it happened. We we ended up there. We got to sit around in the sunshine and Anfield watching the boys go through some very very. Uh, it was a good Monday. That's a pretty good, it was a good Monday. Monday. All I, told. Yeah, I, you know, for Mondays, like it was up there with the best Monday I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember any others. Mondays are generally a, a just busy and just in, quite intense, whereas this yeah. was, yeah, it was very, very nice. And um, I used to have double biology on a Monday afternoon. I remember that. I hated <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, like. yeah, double biology. Anyway, far better than double biology is a is a bit of a single PE lesson watching Liverpool uh, go through the paces. I we mentioned this in the video that we put out on the on the YouTube channel about this. The, the, the thing that struck us most really about that that training session was just how how happy and relaxed everyone looked. Yeah, it's brilliant to see. I think they're going into the biggest game of, of the season for any team. Um, you know, it's the biggest game in, in club football and they just didn't look that arsed. They're not in a bad way at yeah. all. Like, in a, we're, good, we're a good side. People yeah. keep talking us down with the underdogs. They seem to be sort of relishing that side of things already. Yeah. And, you know, they'd obviously been away to Marbella. That might have helped with team morale. They looked well-rested. They looked confident. They looked like they're ready for a fight. And, you know, I wondered whether we'd see them a little bit nervous. There was none of that. And that gave me a lot of confidence. In fact, so much so that I come out of that feeling a lot 
different towards the game on Saturday, yeah. having looked at the, their demeanours. It's just that thing, as you said, we've talked a lot about this sort of shit, this, the team bonding, the team camaraderie, the way that they, they're just mates. And you can see in the groups, they got split up. There was like three groups doing these passing exercises and they, all, they were all having a laugh with it. You know, I mean, we've seen the times and I think, I think when, the, when the, the cameras are off and people are getting stuck in, I think we'll see a lot more scowls and frowns, you know, real serious stuff. That was, to be fair, by comparison, probably to what they've been getting put through all season long, that probably was really enjoyable. A little bit of a kick about with your mates in the sunshine. Um, but again, it shows that if if that was a, a really light-hearted, easy thing, and they were all very focused and determined, I think that was weird. I think they were putting too much stock into it somehow. Whereas you know they're, they're making each other and they're flicking it over each other's heads and they're laughing in each other's faces and like most Salah's miscontrol and stuff, and they're going, "Ah, oh, bow." What was the clock on that you saw? Clap on Van Dyke. Oh, yes, yeah, so Van Dyke just starts having some pot shots at the goal when it breaks down, which is another thing I love. I love that even for, for a gang of lads who are literally paid to kick footballs, that you do that in any in any walk of life. If you put a goal there and you put a football there and you're not being commanded to do elsewhere, you'll try and shoot. Especially when you have to go and get the ball yourself. Exactly, yeah. And Virgil you do van it Dijk, in the park and you and you and you it goes fifty you yards go past for the, the goal. jog. Um Virgil van Dijk was just having shots at the goal and he had a, had a few he scored a couple, he missed a couple, and he looked over to Klopp and, and Klopp looked at him like because he missed a couple, takes his glasses off and hands him his glasses, as if to say, like, you might need these if you oh my god. It's just brilliant, you know, and they're the moments to tell you everything you need to know and it was and that was almost the theme of the day for me. Is they got a lot. They were later on. They were getting questions put on the toes as well about it, like about the mentality and the confidence and saying, "Oh, how good Real Madrid are and what have you." And the message remained the same throughout. Was just, no, we're that good as well. You know, we've not gotten here by accident. We've not gotten here by 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 luck. We're the top goal scoring team in the Champions League this season for a reason um, and you know whether that's something they've innately believed and it's just a belief they're carrying through whether cops give them a gentle reminder I, I don't know it doesn't matter this doesn't look like a team who are going into this game thinking oh my god it's Real Madrid and that's it and and, and maybe look I, I'm not 100% sure but there's a confidence through the fan base as well isn't there that you know we all know exactly how good this side are and it feels very different to 2005 for me where I think there was a lot of trepidation running throughout the fan base obviously everybody believed and everybody hoped that Liverpool could come away with it but I think there's more there this time around it felt destined that time and it felt to be fair it felt destined in 13-14 for the league as well and that's a weird thing I think and this doesn't feel destined it doesn't, we don't feel destined to win it's hard this. Works, got us there. Exactly. This doesn't feel like again. This is magical power is guiding Liverpool to a number. You can try and draw those like, oh, the last time we played it was eighty one and there was a royal wedding and 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 well, it was it was it Stuttgart or something won the the DFK Pokal or whatever. You know the the, the German the German got whatever it was, whichever team it was. There's those things, sure, but no one I think is. It, it feels like our name's written on it. There's no, I haven't seen any no. people prepared and six as a thing or no. whatever. It's we just, were. It felt like in 2005, and it felt like in 13, 14, we were riding the crest of an unstoppable wave. Yeah. Right, and which is why the shock was so big at the end of 13, 14. But this season, it just feels like a natural evolution of this side. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not an unstoppable wave in any shape or form. It's just that we've just been getting better and better and yeah. better and the right pieces have been bought. And, and you know, the team is, is as good as any team in world football right now. And yes, we're playing Real Madrid and Real Madrid have got some superstars and they've won stuff and all that. But we're not that bothered. We're just kind of looking at us going, yeah, but... Don't forget, we scored 40 goals in this competition. Yeah. We've got three of the four top scorers or whatever in, in yeah. Mane, Salah and Roberto Firmino with 29 goals between them. Real Madrid have scored 30 goals in this competition. Yeah. Those three have scored 29. <laughs> you know what I mean? Decent. So for all their star players and for all their, all their world-class players and winners, our three players have scored one goal less than you. Yeah. You know what I mean, and that's that's pretty incredible, and that's just how good this side have been in this competition. That's it. I think this is this is the this is a game for me where in two thousand five, you know, we we'd had a bit of a dip post Julie. Benitez has come in. We were crap in the league that season. We limped to fifth in the league that time around, and it was only the Champions League that got us back into Europe the the, the following season. Watching that game back, I say we've just done the commentary to it. Liverpool were 
abysmal in the first half. They, they had no. That was the te- that was how bad Liverpool were. That was the way. That was the true, almost the true quality of that eleven, almost on the pitch that we saw in the first half. And again, a little bit of magic in tactics and some of the good players really stepping up to the plate got us over the line in there. But it was a ball from the blue. We weren't expected to get anywhere near the Champions League final because again, we were relatively new to the to to the Champions League. You know, the, in in its modern iteration, it was the first season under a new manager. You know, we'd been this. We we we'd. We'd plateaued a bit under under Julia, so we were looking to pick ourselves back up again. Similarly, 13, 14, you know, we went from like seventh or eighth in the league to challenging for the title overnight. It was it was it was just again, it was magic. We and it was all around the time of the Hillsborough inquests as well. And it did feel like again, like there was a higher power guiding us. Look at this Liverpool team. Yes, we you know we had the disappointment of Rodgers. We had the 13, 14. We fell off a cliff massively the next season. And then the start of the next season wasn't great. Then Klopp comes in. This is a team, or, or, or rather a, a club that's now been... This is our second European final in three seasons. Yeah. Third final in Third three seasons. Third final in three seasons. This is, our, this is the second season on the bounce. We've now qualified for the Champions League by getting into the top four of the Premier League. This is a and and whilst this is an outstanding achievement to get to the, it it's it's an outlier really. You know, we have overperformed to some extent in this by by expectation. It's not a complete shock because, you know... Have we overperformed? I'd argue that we haven't. Only so much as that there was no expectation on Liverpool to get to even a semi-final of the Champions yeah. League. So in that regard, I think we have... But what I mean is, what, I'm, what, I, mean is, what I think what you're saying is, we haven't, by how we've played in the Champions League this season, we wouldn't have been upset, you know if we've gone out in an earlier round because again there were no expectation but also we're not surprised that we're here because we've watched how we've performed along yeah the way. I think and, and I think to add to that then I think you know Jürgen Klopp's Dortmund side who got beaten by Bayern Munich in the final of the Champions League I think it was 12-13 you know they didn't have the squad to be able to compete for the league and the Champions League that season although they were just coming off the back of two league titles themselves yeah. you know they'd lost a lot of players but he still had a style of football that works in European football. Yeah. And I think what you, what we've seen is the Klopp style of football still works in European football. Yeah. The fact that that manager's got to two European Cup finals, all right, one's in Europa League, one's in the Champions League, in three years yeah. is incredible. Let's not forget, one of those years we weren't in Europe. Yeah. So yeah. the last two seasons under Jürgen Klopp that we've been in Europe, we've got to the final. So... Anyone can say all they want. You know, Liverpool have overperformed. Klopp's style of football suits European football. Yeah. It really does. Now, whether he wins it or he doesn't, that doesn't that that doesn't matter. The style of football thing still matters. Yeah. But Liverpool, for me, this season have we're not the same team in the Champions League that we are in the Premier League. We just don't play with the same style. Yeah. You know. What's interesting and I find really interesting is that we've actually struggled against the top six sides in the Premier League, yeah. yet when we've come up against better European-style teams, our gag and pressing styles seen us through. Yeah. And I think that's what Liverpool have done so well this season is they've been able to transition to a possession side in the Premier League where we're averaging 57% possession, and yet we're in the Champions League, we're playing with 48% possession. Now, Real Madrid dominate possession in, in La Liga, 57%. In the Champions League, they're down to 53 53-48. That's very, very similar, you know, Real Madrid and Liverpool to what I think the game's going to be like. Yeah. Yet with our style of play, the way that we can counter attack, the way that we can hit teams fast on the break with our front three players, it kind of feels to me like if Real Madrid play their way, which I think they will because they've, they've earned the right to, because yeah. they've won this European Cup twice on the bounce, then that actually might help Liverpool a little bit as well. That's it, and and, and that's why there's, there's, there's confidence going into this. And what's really interesting is I think the most people I've talked to about this and it, I'm going to say this. I'm going to pre- and I'll preface this slightly with I, I can't truly predict how I'll feel on the night, of course. But my feelings right here and right now are very much that if Liverpool lose this game, I will be look. I'll be upset, very upset, maybe devastated, but I won't be truly heartbroken. I won't be. I don't feel as though I'll be absolutely on the floor. I mean, look, if we lose it in dramatic fashion, that's a diff- that's a different thing. But what I mean is, I feel like I'll be able to pick myself up fairly quickly from Liverpool losing this because, for me, this is this is a, 
it's just how we've got here. This doesn't feel like the peak of this team. This still feels like we're, this is the, this is the beginning of the peak. I'm with you. Of this I'm team. with you 100. I will be absolutely fucking devastated. Liverpool don't go on to win this European Cup. That's what being a fan of a football yeah. team does to you when you lose a game of football. Whether it's the Champions League, whether it's a bloody Premier League game, I'll be devastated. It, it matters not. But when the drop is so, so high and it's you know it's win or, or you're out, then you know it's gonna hurt a lot. But you're exactly right, Paul. This this isn't a magical ride that we've gone on, yeah. and it might never happen again. Yeah. This is Liverpool returning to the peak of European football. Yeah. Whether we win or lose, we're going to be a force in the Champions League next season, hopefully the season after that. This could be a new age of Liverpool and European football. That's what it feels like Jurgen Klopp started. Not like in 2005 where you're like, fucking hell, are we ever going to get back here again? Yeah. Because the way that we got there was just mental. Yeah. But yeah. this one just feels like, well, next season we'll be in a group and we'll win the group. Yeah. And then when we get into the last 16, we'll probably beat them yeah. away from home and home. And then when we're drawn <laughs> against Manchester City again in that big rivalry, we'll beat them twice. Yeah. And, we'll see. and we'll see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <a bank> <laughs> the, That's uh... an old one. And they're not going for like 99. <laughs> probably. The, um, yeah, the, uh, that, that, I, I completely agree on that. And uh, you know, 13, 14, I, I still think to some extent, I think as a fan base, we're still recovering from that. It was... It was truly heartbreaking and it because it, it, they built us up and they made us believe again and then because we fell so so far the next season it's it was it was he did he, it ruined us he dragged us out but we dragged ourselves back out one more time and, and, and got totally heartbroken by it. but this time around as you say this the point is you know we've been in Europe twice in the last three seasons and we've been in the finals of those, both of those competitions that's not again that's not luck that's form that's that suggests exactly what you say there. That I would, I would be confident of Liverpool making the semi-finals next year, as conf- more confident than I bloody was this year, and I will be confident of us finishing top four again and maybe pressing on a think bit further the teams, next year. Think of the teams that we've been beaten yeah. on the way to these finals. You yeah. know what I mean? You go Roma, massive, massive club, Manchester City, Manchester United, Dortmund. These aren't small teams now the competition you might look down on but Man United only won it last year because we weren't in it you know what I mean they come up against us again and then out yeah. it's that simple yeah yeah it's true um, so yeah and, and, and again just just bringing it back to the to obviously the players and the, and the media stuff and I love the um, oh yeah that's what we were talking about yeah well yeah well, cool it, it, it sparked something better um and similarly to similarly to us I, I really like I mean I like Klopp stuff it's great to what were you doing there just going to kiss the camera um, the Jürgen Klopp's excitement first and foremost uh, and, I, and I love the fact that he just keeps reiterating this thing of like we're, we're, we're here it's a Champions League final that's boss it you is know, boss yeah I know and, and, and I, th- I get the sense of that and I love the fact that he was trying to be drawn on the whole how do you handle the mentality for the final and he's like there's no difference. He's like, if I if I came out this week and said, right, lads, it's Real Madrid. We're tearing up everything we've done before, and we're gonna. This is how. This is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna change things. It's basically like telling telling them that everything we've done, everything we've worked on to get to the final, wasn't good enough, and that just is basically sowing the, the seeds of doubt. And he's like, nah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but bollocks to that. You know the the way in which we've done it. Is the way we're going to continue to do it because there's there's nothing to fear. And here's my beliefs. I believe in them. You've got this this far on them. Yeah. We're not going to change now. Yeah. These are my beliefs. Yeah. And 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 the fact is, and I love the fact that we're going to come onto it in, in in a little bit. But the, the, you know, Real Madrid are just supremely confident. I think Liverpool are just as confident, but they're being they're going about it in a clever way. They're saying they're coming out and going. Real Madrid are a fantastic team. Look at all the talent they've got. But but. <laughs> Look at what we can do as well. There's no way that, I, you know, we, look, we need to remember, if we ever find ourselves slipping here, and it'll happen because it's very hard to maintain ourselves on an even keel, and I, I am honestly really struggling with it. At times, just I'm getting me, um, exa- anxiety and, 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 and elation are, are roiling inside me at the moment. We need to remember how we felt when we went into that Man City quarterfinal, and we said, if you can beat Man City, you can beat anyone. The Man City have just gone and broken the points record for the Premier League. That attacking team, in terms of both youth and pace and physicality, well, and look, Real Madrid are not lacking in pace and physicality and, and addition to that experience, of course, 
But look, we handle, we were able to handle Manchester City who effectively threw six attackers at us mm. in their own ground with 50,000 people all baying for blood at the same time. It doesn't guarantee we can do it against Real Madrid. Yeah, but baby blue. I mean, it doesn't scare you, does no, it? No, no, it makes you think of, yeah, 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 exactly. It makes you think Ooh. of nursery. Welcome to the nursery. <laughs> it's a boy. Um, the It's... But it, but it, what, what it does is it doesn't mean that that, that there's no guarantees. It's not necessarily a translatable uh, effect. But we've handled that. This is not a Liverpool team who are going who have just dro- have just been parachuted into the final against Real Madrid, having just cruised it through. And people can spin the narrative all they want of who Liverpool have played along the way. But you know we we have played some some second tier teams along the way. We've played quite a few of them, but we've dispatched them. Along the way, we've actually dispatched... And Man City, I think, are an absolute grade-A team. I think that goes without saying. We've dispatched them as well. Yes, Real Madrid have gotten through, but Real Madrid haven't cruised through. Yes, they've had some big games. The big teams, Look, they, they lost to Spurs. They drew with Spurs. You know, it's not like they, they put Spurs to the sword in the group stage. And people say, again, they've picked up in the back end of the season. Well, fair, fair play. So have we. This is going to be one of those... Irresistible force and movable object style situations, and the best thing about it, Chris, is we get to go there and we get to witness. And yes, we've got an emotional attachment to the to the outcome, but from a football fan, if I'm able to distance myself from it a little bit and look at this from a lofty perch at the ground, look at the game unfolding in front of me, this is as exciting a football match as there's probably yeah, been in football in years. And and there really is. I mean, first of all, it's the biggest stage which we've mentioned before. You've got one of the best players. Of all time in Cristiano Ronaldo going up, uh, not as a swan song, but he'll want to put a little bit of distance between him and Lionel Messi and how many European trophies they've won. I think they've both won four, but I think I'm right in saying Messi didn't play in the 2008 side that won it. I think he was a substitute on the day. Um, Ronaldo's going for his fifth European Cup, I think. Um, you know, and it, it's the it's the it's the matchups that I, that really like enthrall me almost because you everybody knows about Trent Alexander-Arnold and he's young and some people might be watching this who aren't Liverpool fans you'll think he's a bit of a weakness I mean if they're a Man City fan they'll, th- they'll know that he's not um, <laughs> hi welcome this is the Champions League final podcast you'll never have one of these um, there you've got Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah. right going up against Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. I mean that is a story in itself you've got Mo Salah going up against the world's most attacking fullback ever yeah to have played the game in Mo Salah and Marcello. You've got two midfields that are just going to absolutely blow for blow, battle it out. You've got defenders, you've got a weak defence on both sides. It's just made for one of those amazing, unbelievable games of football. We did the Uncensored Match Build-Up show. Everyone's like four threes and three twos. That's what it feels like this is going to be like. And it's not going to be a letdown, I don't think, either. Yeah. I think it's going to be like that. I, yeah. I, I can't see where both teams... Like, if you you've can't got money on both teams to score... Just do it. Throw, yeah. Like throw it. Don't throw your house on it. Like please don't. Don't do what you can afford to do, and do it with Labrooks. Okay. Come on, possibly. Yeah. The, yeah. But this is the thing, isn't it? It's yeah. It's that. And what I loved as well, uh, Tresha, you mentioned his name there. I love how Trent seems to be taking it in a stride for the start, but also again, look, it, it, I think he's straddling that line perfectly between fierce determination to succeed and just. Marveling at the fact that he's even involved in this. You know, we were lucky enough to sit down with him on, on Monday and get a, a, a nice little interview with him. And he goes from giving the, and you can tell because he goes from giving a lot of, he's getting good at the stock football answers. So it's straight back and just speak quite monotone. Here's your, here's your solid football answer. Great. But it's those little moments where you go, mate. European Cup final and the smile spreads from here to here and you can see him and you know he talked about he talked about Marcello didn't he and he's like he, he bangs on about his qualities he, he knows what he's up against he's not stupid he's a football fan the way that all we are so all the people who are watching this are on going well Marcello's there because like friggin El Trent is 19 years old he watches as much football as any of us probably plays does. more FIFA than you and as well by the way yeah he's got a lot more time to play FIFA <laughs> And he's damn good at footy himself, and he's being fed all the tactical information, watching tapes. Do it. I mean, probably not tapes. Probably, no, probably, probably MP4s tapes. these days. But the point is, is that he, you know, he'll have done his homework as well as knowing it intrinsically as well as a football fan. And um, he's ba- he's just bang up for the fight. It's a, 
it's his dream and he's fulfilling one of his dreams I can guarantee you that to play in a Champions League final for his boyhood club mm-hmm. you know and and I'm happy you're happy everybody watching at home is happy that Liverpool are in a Champions League final imagine getting to play in it in your first full season as a professional footballer for the club that you fucking love and the good thing about him is is that the you know the, the, the feeling I think inside the club is this is a future Liverpool captain we've got on our hands here we could be talking about another 10 years more Hey, listen, 10, in, in 10 years', years time, me and you might be sat here with our zimmers at the side of the table or whatever, like, and maybe maybe Jack's hosting the show, actually, yeah. um, your son, and, and maybe we're talking about Trent Alexander-Arnold going for his fifth European Cup. But you just never know. What a world. Um, but, you know, as I say, a bit about Trent Alexander-Arnold is, look, you know, hey, listen, football's a mad thing and there's so many variable factors and players make it and don't make it for a whole host of reasons. All I'm saying is it exists in possibility. We've had a lot of false dawns, a lot of players who, who just lack the, the fight, the determination, the, the physicality more than anything else. You know, we've seen some local lads come through and they're all tiny and slow. And you go, oh, just you know, that it's not gonna quite gonna make it for them. He's got he's got the raw attributes there Mate. to be a fantastic footballer. Mate. Listen, thirteen, fourteen, and I loved John Flanagan. And John Flanagan for me, maybe I gave him a little bit too much because he was a scouser coming through into this side. But there are rare occasions when you witness not only someone with the determination of being a scouser playing for Liverpool Football Club, like, you know, uh, Jamie Carragher and Stephen Gerrard are the last two that have really done it, but they've also got the skill sets to back it up. This lad right now has got the skill sets to back it up and he's got that determination to succeed as well. So, listen, I I jest around, but he's going to be a great player for us for a long time. And, you know, for anybody, anybody out there now looking, you know, talking about us in the comments section about, you know, we're not taking Real Madrid seriously enough. I take Real Madrid very, very seriously just for what it's worth. I think they're a fantastic football side. Yeah. I just happen to have seen a lot of games of football where we've proved that we're a fucking fantastic football side too. Yeah. And I will not forget that. Yeah, no, completely, completely agree with that. Well, listen, yeah, yeah, we've done a fantastic interview with Trent. It's really, really good. The full thing's on the website, but here's a little clip to whet your appetite. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So we spoke to your brother, we've seen him at the, at the, at the coach greetings and what have you, and he said, look, he's always there. I mean, you'd have been there as well. If you're not playing in Liverpool, in the team, you'd have been out there supporting, supporting the team. What's what it meant to you seeing the support from the other side in the build-up to the final? Yeah, massive, because obviously, um, like the Dortmund game, the Villarreal game, in the Europa League, you've seen like, the coach greetings and the way the fans were, and I was at that. I was at them games. I went to every home game that season, um, and it was just it was unbelievable the, the the support. And I always I always wondered like, what would it be like being on, on the inside of that coach? Would it be scary or would they get you up for it? What was it? What was, what it, was it like? like? Come on, <laughs> um, the man said yeah, that was that was unbelievable. Like <laughs> it's hard to describe the the, the, the the like what actually happens. But you see red smoke, um, you hear like the bangs on your on your. Yeah, you're coaching that, and it, it it just shows how much support that we've got. You can hear the songs being sung and everything. You, you 
you see the looks on people's faces, just just so much passion for the club, and it it makes you want to do them proud and makes you want to go out there and win the game for them. And I think that the support that we've got this season, especially in the Champions League, has pushed us into into the position that we are. Amazing stuff, yeah. Go to redmentv.com, shine up, and you can watch that full interview. There's also some micro interviews with Jeannie Van Alden and Andy Robertson as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a far from micro interview with Gillan Balagay. Huge. Huge, that's just the amount of food that he plied you with. He's great, mate. He's great. Yeah. Uh, there's another taster of that actually on the YouTube channel now, so you can go and check out that and again, the full thing on the redmentv.com. Sign up, free month, get involved. It literally does not and has never been better than this right now. It could get better, but up to this point of all the years we've been doing this, this this week is the best this week the ever. High, this is the high point. This so is the high far. point so far. Let's um, hope, let's so, hope it's, it's just another step. Perfect time to get stuck in. Um, so, Chris, Real Madrid are really confident. Uh, there was an article that went out on Bleacher Report, which I'm just going to quickly paraphrase from. Well, I'm going to read directly from, sorry, rather than paraphrase, because I do that paraphrasing thing too much, and it's inaccurate. Um, one of the quotes that I really liked, this is Diego Torres, who's a journalist for El Pais, says, there isn't any Pais. sensation of fear in Madrid about Liverpool, among the directors, among the players. Um, they're relaxed in Real Madrid before this final. They've never been so calm and confident in this club before a final than now. This final is the easiest final they have in front of them. All what? of them, club president Florentino Perez, the captains, everyone. Uh, and he goes on to say, Liverpool will be crushed by Real Madrid's legend was another fella, Julian Ruiz. Um, people say history and statistics don't necessarily play a part, but it does, says another fella. There's loads of this stuff. It's coming out from all over the all over the place that they, they do consider this to be uh, an the almost inevitability. final in front of them. Hmm. Wow. It's the only final in front of them, so I suppose it's also the hardest. It's also true, yeah. Um, what was your reaction to hearing? You've just seen it. Yeah. That was the first time I've seen it. I think I did this. You what? <laughs> I I read this this morning, and because I'd seen Dan Kenneth put it out on Twitter, and he said, "Look, you know, they make they go on, they make some interesting points because the, the the guy talks about how they, they basically think." And again, this is a this is a, a, a Madrid journalist. So this isn't coming directly from a player or or, or, or the club itself per se, but it, he, he's reporting on the general mood and feeling around it from both the camp and the the, the Madrid fans, and he basically says. The defence is weak. He thinks the goalkeeper's not up to much. Who's he talking about? No, no. The, 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 and he thinks that Virgil van Dijk is the only international class defender that we have in that team as well. I mean, overlooking the fact that all four of our defenders are for internationals. Well, not Trent yet, but he will be. Um He's going to the World Cup, isn't he? Exactly. But, you know, and then he says the midfield's got no creativity, which overlooks the fact that James Milner's got the most assists in the Champions League this season. <laughs> By the way, uh, in your face, James Milner's more assists than any of your... Anyway, um, and here's the thing. You know, we, we, we talk about uh, the, the fear factor, and I remember 2005 and how we built ourselves up, and we were like, well, maybe this side isn't as bad as we'd kind of feared, you know, because Rafa's, maybe Rafa's got them finally playing at the level we thought maybe they could they could get to, and then we got we, we saw the first half, and we got the floor wiped with our faces, and we're like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Every fear we had about that team kind of kind of uh, reared its ugly head. Um they are playing on the. I think they're playing on all the obvious weaknesses that people perceive in Liverpool, and I get it because I like Dejan Lovren. I really do. I like him as a man. I like his attitude, and I think a lot of people get bent out of shape about him. And it's no escaping the mistakes that he has made in his Liverpool career. I love Jurgen Klopp's line of, you know, I, I think he's a good defender. I think he's, we've seen that attack. Maybe I was the only one who thought it. Um, Real Madrid are not going to be knocking down our door to buy Dejan Lovren off us, no. or Andy Robertson, or Trent Alexander-Arnold, at least not yet, or you know Loris Karius, etc. Um, but I just that exi- and so I don't think it's unfounded them saying these things about it because to be honest, they're basically saying that Virgil Van Dijk, Roberto Firmino, Mo Salah, and Sadio Mane are our best players. Yeah, agreed. Totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd try to put myself in there in their camp. If I'd watched Madrid all season long and I'd watched them for the last couple of years and the way that they've gone about winning this competition two years on the bounce, I think I'd be confident. I think yeah. you know I'd absolutely be confident because you're going against the side that ju- you look. You'd look at the league table. Liverpool just got into the Champions League spots as well. Yeah. Again, you know, look at the sides that we've beaten on the route to this final. We've beaten PSG. We've beaten Juventus. We've oh, beaten. 
Bayern We've Munich. drawn against Tottenham Hotspur. No, but we've beaten Bayern Munich. We've beaten three league leaders yeah, yeah. to go in to get into the final. So you would be full of confidence and you would be focusing on your own side. I can understand that. But equally, as a Liverpool fan, who's done a lot of research into Real Madrid over the last two weeks, by the way, yes, they've got strengths, loads of strengths, but they've also got weaknesses as well. You know, both sides have strengths and weaknesses. Both sides have great players. Both sides have players who you think, would they change him? Maybe they would. Maybe they would. Kayla Navas is the one that springs to mind. It looks like, by all accounts, the only reason he's still in the squad is because Cristiano Ronaldo's his mate. Do you know what I mean? And so... You've got to look at both sides of it. If it was the tactical analysis people at Real Madrid leaking that story, I'd be buzzing. Yeah. Absolutely made up. Brilliant. Use yeah. underestimators all you want. And if this is the information that's getting fed to the players, fucking brilliant. Because you know what? I want Liverpool to be the underdogs. I want them to think that the whole world thinks that they're shit. Yeah. And I want them, to, the whole world to think that Real Madrid are going to walk the park because it makes it easier for Jürgen Klopp to fire these players up and go and get the W. Exactly. And that was so good until you said the W at the end. <laughs> I'll take the L. Okay, I'll take the L. I'll take the L. Um, yeah, I'll own the, that L. Settle for a D. Um, yeah, I am. Um, it's it it, it it kind of is what it is, isn't it? You're right. And the the good thing the good thing is that whether this is coming if this is not coming out directly out of the Madrid camp, fine. Um, if it's coming from the fan base, I kind of think that's pretty good as well. To be perfectly honest, because. They, they they will feel again. It, they will feel it's destined because they've won two on the bounce. Because, hell, because it's 12. a massive exactly because it's a massive and this is a chance for this Real Madrid team to truly write themselves into the pantheon of European law. You know what I mean? They they they're up there. This could be this is going to be the greatest you know spell of any European side since you know since year dot since Real Madrid. Well, since then, or <laughs> since I think it's Bayern. Isn't Bayern it, did it in the eighties. Um, something to think three. But but. The, the the point is this is you know people will be able to look at this and obviously in Real Madrid as a club because of the total volume that they've won over the years as well but because of that I think it's going to put it won't put pressure on them in the build up to the game because although it, I mean it will but I mean it, they'll handle that pressure because it's fine because there's an expectation that comes with being at Real Madrid and being a Real Madrid player standard and if you're able to stay at, if you're at Real Madrid for more than two seasons as a player or as a coach then you're more than capable of handling the pressure because they bin people off left, right and centre. If this game starts to go against them, however, with their will their fans be able to rise up to it? Because if they are if they see us uh, if they if they if they if they treat this with, if they treat this with a degree a degree of complacency and they see us as a minnow or somehow and we start and we really put it to them and we can get a goal or a couple of goals or we can blitzkrieg them like we've seen us do teams bearing in mind as well that there's news coming out that Real Madrid haven't sold their allocation and that there's loads of Real Madrid tickets available on, on, on through resellers so there's another potential where this could be a three quarters Liverpool crowd as well do they have the ability to will their, will their fans get behind them and be like come on lads you can do this or will it be because there's a mentality this club is bred. If you're not good enough, you're shit. And if they, you know, that that's a, 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 a potentially very nice scenario. Because and also you're going to reach a point where the, the the Madrid media and the Spanish media come down on them like a ton of bricks as well. And all of a sudden, this dream of being these all-conquering heroes and they're going to strive to it. If we can get give them a, a bloody nose or more than that, we can wound them. Then I feel like that there's a, a completely different kind of pressure that they're not really pre- mentally preparing themselves for. Yeah, I, it's a, it's I think it's a difficult question to answer because I think as the fan base, I think they wouldn't be ready for it. I think you know, I think to man, I, I think about Manchester United and I think about Old Trafford for this one and how it's it's almost a case of win entertain me as you sat in the stands that's what it feels like when when I'm looking mm-hmm. at Old Trafford and stuff whereas Liverpool is like let's do this together yeah. especially those European nights where we, we are one with you and, and you know you're going to act as one with us for Real Madrid I feel it's more like well go and win it for us because yeah. we're, we're here you know we're, we're, we're expected to win this game of football but from the from the team's perspective 
I just don't think you get to where they are without being able to deal with that. Yeah. I think it's going to be difficult. We saw against Manchester City what Liverpool can do to a side and he can almost break a side very, very quickly yeah. in 15 minutes or something. But Real Madrid have had hardships this season. They've had them early on in the season. They've bounced back. They've come good after the turn of the year. They've had them in the Champions League. They've had them against Juventus, for example. You know, Being three goals down in your own ground when you're 3-0 up, to still win that game... Yeah is an incredible feat and all right it comes from a penalty and stuff like that but that is incredibly difficult to do as I'd imagine yeah. uh, from a mentality point of view for that squad no hang on this yeah. is our fucking competition the thing but the difference is you've got 90 minutes yeah. and that's it and, and, and how will that affect them I'm not sure I think the good thing you know for us going into this is that again as I say there's a there's a feeling of destiny for them and because they've pulled their fat from the fire a couple of times to get themselves into this position and what I hope and I just I, this is what we've got to hope for is that this is the story of a team that just it's just a season too far for them you know and the reason why they've had to scrape through because I think they should have done better against events I think if they were really uh, truly as good as they've been in years gone by given how close Spurs come to knocking them out as well Juventus I think Real Madrid should have made far easier work of that game than they ended up doing, particularly in their own in in their own backyard. And I and I and I just hope that this is one of those things where the players are doing this thing we talked about Liverpool in the past, where they're riding this crest away, where the story is preordained that they get to become these legends of the game, and it's allowing them and they are overlooking their own deficiencies because they're all rather they are maybe a touch blinded to their own deficiencies because they think it's preordained that they're going to do this. And that's where I don't think Liverpool Liverpool are not going into this game thinking it's preordained. Liverpool are going into this game thinking we are gonna have to be at our absolute peak of our powers we are going to have to run harder faster longer and stronger than we have done all season long and if we do that we might well we, we we think we believe we can prevail i just hope that there's a touch of complacency i hope that this 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 feeling coming out of the city of madrid is indicative of the feeling in the real madrid camp and that's where i think we where it's it doesn't look guarantees nothing but if that's the the the, the fraction of a percent if it's the thread Pull on the fucking thread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing where I, I hope, and that's why I, I should be looking at these articles and thinking, oh my God, this is an all-conquering Real Madrid team. Look at the talent they've got and their supremely confident. And, they're good. and I, I don't. And maybe it's just, it's not a very scout mentality to be, to be to feel fear in the face of that. That actually fills me up with pride. That fills me up with Aggression that, that again that pumps me up, and you know if I'm Jürgen, if I'm Jürgen Klopp and he doesn't, he says he doesn't read the press, he only watches YouTube videos. Um, I would, I would, I'd be pinning that on the on the wall, or I'd be you know all those big quotes they've got all over Melwoods of like famous things. Shankly said, I'd be like, nah, every wall has got a Real Madrid thing. This is going to be a piece of piss thing, and I, you know, so they can have their you know Rocky Ivan Drago moments yeah. where they, they crunch it up and they grrr, because. Or that, Chris Bobby Robson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was trying to find that gift before I could. Um, but the that that this is a this is it. yeah. You know, this is a, a a a fantastic potential motivational tool for Liverpool. They shouldn't need them to be fair. No. But I would also be saying, lads, these think they got, and, and I would I'd be just be saying, if there's even a fraction of a percentage in their mindset of that players that think this is this is already theirs, then if you go and you go at them full force, get in the faces, that might just be the crack in the dam. That might just be, as you say, that the thread that you have to pull on, that little fractional thing that just gives us a, an opportunity to work our way through. I'd go to full force, and I and I would I would treat that as a massive source of encouragement for Liverpool. Oh, so fucking Amazing questions then. Come, first one comes from uh, Christopher Jackson. I'd like to know who your favourite animated ducks are. Okay. Um, I think it's it's Count Duckula, the okay. 17th, I think his full title is. Okay, um, I th- I, he's a <laughs> Long-term listeners and viewers of the show will know that there was a programme on Disney or something that once described um, someone as a Trinigma. Okay. Uh, but, and, and Paul... 
was on Trouble. Was it Trouble? Okay, yeah. well, it was a long time ago, regardless. It was and called it was odd, man, odd, man, odd out. man Out. And it's a tragedy and enigma. Yeah. And I feel like Count Duckula is that tragedy and enigma because <laughs> he's a he's a he's a vampire, isn't he? That doesn't have fangs, and he kind of goes against his it, it, the usual thing. I mean, his favorite thing to eat is broccoli sandwiches, which I just find quite weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all his servants want him to go and be a normal vampire and all that type of stuff. And really, he just wants to go out in the daytime. So he goes out in the daytime and everybody else, all of his servants and stuff, just like, just staying at night and wanting to be a, a proper vampire and stuff. And I kind of feel a little bit sorry for him. So he's a bit of a tragedy. He's a bit of an enigma. So he is a enigma. And other than that, it's a relatively recent one. It's the duck from Sarah and Duck. I mean, my kids love Sarah and Duck, and he's just pretty cool, like. Sarah and Duck. There's a reference that most young people won't get at all, and you, you, oh, you will do. Um, <laughs> Sarah and Duck. Darkwing. That's a good shot. Darkwing Duck. He's the terror that flaps in the night. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that, and I'm a big fan of it. I mean, all, all of that whole Duck family, if I'm perfectly honest, the whole Scrooge McDuck and Huey, Dewey, and Louie, etc., etc. Um, yeah, let us know your favourite animated... Oh, you know what? Duckman. There's a, there's an obscure Which cartoon. Duckman? So Duckman was a, a, like a really adult, dripping with black humour animated comedy from the late 90s, maybe early noughties. Just really like horrendous, that very, very, very twisted uh, programme. Yeah, really, really good stuff. He's like a private eye, and it's just... it's. Properly, don't properly think it, don't think it's got anything on Sarah and Duff. Fucked up cartoon, like. Um, okay, let's get back to the footy with a couple of really good questions here relating to Champions League finals. The first one comes from Matthias Hansen, who's Mr. Underscore Hansen 1998. Which team is better, AC Milan 2005 or Real Madrid 2018? Um, for me, it's quite easy. It's where much. It's sorry, it's AC Milan 2005. It's so easy. It's AC Milan 2005. I think you just. I know we beat them, and maybe that's you know maybe that's got something to do with it. But every one of those names is just absolutely standout. Listen to this list of names: Dida, Cafu, Stam, Nesta, Maldini, Pirlo, Seydorf, Gattuso, Kaka, Crespo, Shevchenko. I mean, seriously, yeah, that that's an incredible side. I think you know, realistically, you know, we might talk about Varane in a similar way in ten years' time. Ramos is one of the absolute legends of the game now and again. It's easier, I think, now with with a bit of time. I mean, it's we thought that was an incredible team at the time but it's it we're able to look back on all the, these lads careers and go what i think uh, the forward line i think like shevchenko and crespo probably had their 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 reputations tarnished a bit by just the premier league experience chelsea. by chelsea but entirely by chelsea uh, and kakar a little bit out you know didn't quite work out at real madrid and he's obviously finished his career playing in playing in mls um, there was a time that, when he was he was there with the best players in the world. Yeah. Like he was maybe the best player. That in the world. that the, it's actually the two thousand seven final, and you know he was at, he was entering the peak of his powers really. Then he was only a, a, a wonder kid really when we played him in two thousand five, and he was the player I feared the most going into that game. I look at it and I think it's again it's very hard to judge because you just don't know with Real Madrid whether these are really really good lads some of them or whether they are like I mean like let's say Casemiro is, is come on leaps and bounds in the last two seasons but in ten years time will he have been at Real Madrid for a lot of time if yes then you know uh, it, yeah great yeah 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 does does Casemiro have a have a role named after him in the same way that Machaleli did for yeah, example exactly. I don't think he does yeah. right now maybe yeah. he goes on to and uh, and I think I think both goalkeepers are a bit crap I think they've yeah. both got an error in them I don't think Dido was any great shakes although very very agile Brazilian you know it is what it is um, again no one's gonna deny Pelo. Gattuso as far as an absolute destroyer. Clarence Seedorf, you know. He won European, European Cups with three different teams, I yeah. think. Ajax, Real Madrid and AC Milan. Yeah, and and again, uh, Maltese. Is he the only player to do that? That's an interesting question. I think question. he might be the only player to do that. Nestor and Stamp, absolute impeccable pair. And Cafu, arguably the best right-back ever to play the game. Maldini, arguably the best left-back ever to play the game. Now, again, Differing of styles because Marcello's more of a, a wing back than he is a, than he is a left back. But yeah, I would Maldini's won five European Cups himself. Yeah, I would I would say 
I would say the man with the 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 the, the Asian Malay team. <laughs> ah, <laughs> hello! Welcome to the dark side, yeah, my friend. I think the Asian Malay team does does shade this all over again. If you do a combined eleven, if you threw Ronaldo and Bale up front in that team, it would be absolutely yeah. Absolutely I think also I think the twenty eighteen matters. I think had it been twenty sixteen or was it twenty sixteen? They got a hundred points in La Liga. I think that side was probably better. I think everyone's a little better age, you know. For a start, Ronaldo's thirty-three, and as 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 lethal as he is, still and as great a player as he is. Three years ago, he was better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, great question. Uh, let us know your answer in the comments or tweet at the MNTV. Uh, next question comes from Madrid13. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, at Ooh. Afod Tour 16. He said, What would be your joint team 11? So our combined 11 for the Liverpool and Real Madrid. <laughs> I just looked at your goalkeeper. Yeah, I I I struggled with this. I want to put more Liverpool players. I've got right. I'll do. I'll run through you do mine. Your team first. And I've done this based purely on on name, um, and I've not tried to construct a team that works in this regard. Okay. So I've just gone on pure on pure reputation and what and what they've achieved. So it's. It's probably Navas in goal, but I think it's kind of a top because I don't think either keeper can it, I mean, I looked at it and it looks to me like you've got both keepers' names down there. Yeah, I have. Yeah, and and I've gone with um, Navas and I've literally written um, Navas down on the south because I'm in the same boat yeah. as you. And I think what tipped it for me is he's got two European Cups yeah, under his belt. I mean, that's it, isn't it? So I think in terms of the back four. Carvajal, Ramos, Virgil van Dijk, Marcello. Mine's quite a bit different. Cool. And at midfield, I just picked the midfield, their midfield, Casemiro, Cruz, Modric. And to be fair, like I did this ahead of the Man City game as well. And then I've put Salah, Ronaldo, Bale up front. Okay. And now here's the because here's the thing. I can make it look, I can make a case and I'm about to make a case for Liverpool players' inclusions and all this, but this is a this is a Real Madrid team that's been there and done it. it the, the quality of their team is absolutely undeniable. They've got the W's. Well, exactly. So many, so many was. It's unbelievable. Um Dick. <laughs> <laughs> They've got more words than than Gareth Gates trying to order a whisper. Um, okay. There's a reference for you. Um, Just trying to give us the www dot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can't look. You genuinely can't deny the quality. And the only ones I've managed to squeeze in in this regard is why that- are there more syllables in www than World Wide Web? Yeah, it feels like we've shortened it, but we've made it longer. That's why everyone says www dot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Food for thought, everyone. Virgil van Dijk, because I think he's, I just, I, I think he, he's, he's older and more established than Varane, even though Varane's obviously got more wins under his belt, but I think he's a se- more senior quality. Mm. And it's similarly, Salah, I've put in ahead of Isco for a, for, for a kind of similar similar vein as well. Um, well, yours is shit by comparison to mine, because I've on. got the right answer here. Um, now you put Andy Robertson at left back. You're damn straight, I've put Andy Robertson <laughs> at left back. Why are you laughing? Okay. He's the fucking best left back in the world. Okay, cool. I, I don't, I don't joke about this shit. Okay. People might joke about it. Andy Robertson's the best left back in the world. Um, Virgil Van Dijk, Ramos, Trent Alexander Arnold. I'm having that in at right back. And do you know why? Because this is playing in a Liverpool kit for the Liverpool okay. Football Club. Okay, so Trent Alexander Arnold beats. Isn't Carl it a fifty-fifty? No, not mine. Okay. No, you <laughs> have to come I had to pick a joint 11. I picked the fucking team. Okay. Thank you very much, Madrid 13. Um, Henderson at the base of him. Right, okay, thing. yeah, no problem. Who actually, you know what, when I've been looking into the stats and that this season, ranks very, very closely with Casemiro in a lot of these categories. Uh, Close but below. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to dive in and say, don't quiz me anymore on that. Um, Cruz and Modric is my two centre midfielders with Jordan Henderson. Um, and then I've gone Salah, Firmino, Ronaldo. Ooh. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, like I say, if I was to pick a team that, that if, I, if I wanted to pick a team that worked in the Liverpool mould, I probably still would put Marcello in at in a, in a left back and honestly, as much as I love Andy Robertson. The Carvajal thing, just because again, solid and established, you know what you know what you're getting with Carvajal. You're not getting balls into Ronaldo's feet, though, are you? Not, not in the way that I've got Trent <laughs> maybe, making up with Bobby Firmino. Maybe, you know maybe, I mean? maybe not. Um, uh, I, yeah, so yeah, I'd probably let's just, let's just agree that mine's the right answer because I've got Andrew Robertson, oh, no, no, Trent Alexander Arnold. Absolutely, in. there I, we go. Trent Page Jack rocks it. Paul ends it. End the show, Paul. We're not getting better than that. Yeah, uh, but I, I think there's a case. I think there's a case to be made for. 
I love our front three, and I wouldn't swap our front three for any in the world. It looks like you have, it. Paul. I don't believe a word you're saying. You've swapped them for Ronaldo and Bale. No, no, but this is the conversation that we're having. <laughs> this is the point, is that I think I think that's the team that most neutrals would, would pick. I think the only Liverpool players that would get into a combined 11 would be Van Dijk and Salah. I think it would be a stretch to to ask anyone to ask for Mane over can, Bale can, or Firmino over I Ronaldo. I kind of see what you're saying, but I think I think Firmino would over it, over Ronaldo. It depends what you're playing. I've gone with Ronaldo off the left, for example. I think if you're looking at Firmino and Benzema, which they've played loads of, loads of times this season, yeah. Firmino's well better than yeah. Benzema. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think this is this is the, but this is the, this again. This is the point for me is that this is a Real Madrid team that's established. It's a Real Madrid that's won things. It's a Real Madrid that that's been at the peak of its past for a number of years. Now, not all of these are fading stars by any by any stretch of the imagination. Some of them are still very much in the prime. But we're, we're the, the next big thing coming up. There's a reason why everyone's going mad for Mo Salah. The world is preparing for Mo Salah to be the next Ronaldo, the next Messi, the next global megastar, the absolute pinnacle of footy. And that's where I think this team's ready to go pop. And let's be honest, I've put Carvajal in there, but let's, if, if Carvajal left Real Madrid this season, he was another right back, which they could well, you know, they could just do. No one's going to remember Carvajal as a, as a, you're not going to mention him alongside Marcello, for example. Right. And similarly, Casemiro, if Casemiro goes and goes and signs for just get somebody else, Inter probably or, AC or Juve. Exactly. Yeah. Um, was it Tommy J? Tommy Gravison. Yeah. Uh, we all thought everyone thought they wanted um, Lee Carsley. Um, but you know, this is this is the point. Liverpool have got the opportunity now for you know, all, when all the game, the new computer games come out in August, September. There's an opportunity for Liverpool to be one of the top-rated teams because they're going to go up against, And if you can go and you can beat Real Madrid, then you earn the right to put yourselves in combined 11s and to be the players that everyone wants to have on Ultimate Team. So what you're forward. basically saying is you want these players hungry going into the final. You want them to want to be in the combined 11. They need the to earn the right to be in my combined 11. Look, because again, it's it's Liverpool. I'd be putting too much Liverpool bias on to put more than that at the moment because I've got trust in my players. I don't think no, it's no, bias. no, but no, but it, but it, but it, but also it is. It's trust. Yeah. I don't know how fucking Carvajal plays. I've not watched 54 games of Carvajal this season. Yeah. I've seen 30 games of Trent at right back, yeah. and I like what I see. Yeah. It's trust. Trust. It's yeah. trust that these no, lads no. are going to get into your combined 11 next season. That's what it is, Paul, because yeah. I fucking believe in my side. I've got fucking hope that these guys can go out there and prove it at the weekend. That's what it boils down to. Hope. Trust. Hope or trust, expectation. Hope expectation fucking anything that you want mate <laughs> because I believe in the lads whereas you quite clearly fucking don't go to fucking Wales with the Everton fans will yeah fuck off you, you didn't rip me team up <laughs> amazing let us know your combined 11s and the thinking behind it in the comments below subscribe get over to the redmentv.com as well we've got tons of podcasts if you like podcasting stuff we have got you covered the aforementioned Gillan Balagay interview the interview with Trent Alexander-Arnold we've got build-ups we've got every, we've just so much There's amazing so much. stuff I've forgotten how much we've done no we've done it's, a it's incredible a tactical preview with Statman Dave yeah. it's fucking belt it is it. it is this is the best time to get involved and support us and what we do as well and uh, hopefully build even more even bigger and even better for the future alongside a glorious Liverpool side so listen get Get yourselves pumped up. Get yourselves ready. The Reds are going to Kiev. We are too. And let's hope, let's cross our fingers and let's have it in pure and good faith and the mighty Reds can do the business over Real Madrid. Walk on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.